What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the war horse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! No thing, no company, no entity, all pro wrestling No more questions about that damn house. What's up, WrestleManiacs? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. Today, we're here. It's Journey into Wrestling 102. I am the pod father, your host, Nate. Today, joining me, the mouthpiece of Journey into Wrestling. You know him. He's got that buckles hustle. Welcome back to the show, Alex Buckles. You know, if you're going to say uh, all this hustle and all this, you know, mouthpiece, I started to call myself the Paul Heyman of podcasting, but I'm not. Oh, baby. That's the thing. <laughs> I am not nope. that oily. There you go. You're the, you're the a, Paul Heyman of podcasting. I'm not, a, I'm not Jewish enough. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair. I'm not Jewish enough. Um, fair. I also don't, you know, pay people from behind dumpsters during ECW days while getting blowies in the back alley. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I have a tie-in with that later. Don't. I don't know how we you're have... going to tie that in, but I we're have... going to get to it eventually, there, folks. There is a there is a nugget we will get to eventually. There's an old school ECW nugget I will tie back into. Tubby, when we t- get through this, <laughs> I don't it's even what, know five, how to respond. Five to this. seconds in, and we're already going places. We are going off the rails early, buckles. But today we're back. It's been a time we've been going crazy. There's lots in the universe happening that slowed us down from gathering together. To get you guys on a show, but you guys are understanding. So, anyways, we're here. Buckles, I'm literally going to, as I said, throw the volleyball directly to you and not dodge a wrench, dodge a ball type stuff. This is uh, hopefully a soft lob yep. that you can smash out of the park. <laughs> I, I have to throw in one little anecdote really quick. Anytime somebody tells me, oh, we're here, we're here, I think of the Simpsons. We're here. We're queer. We don't want any more bears. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? What? Bears? What? Of course, uh, that in 2021 has an entirely different meaning. Just saying. Yeah. So I, and I'm and my brain's so addled, I can think of other things to tie in with all of this. So we're we're going, we're going. All right. Um, well, what's good in the wrestling world? Let's start with wrestling, bro. Talking wrestling, the sport that I so love, really, pro wrestling. The the old pro graphs world's been pretty interesting over the last few weeks, and it's about to get a lot more interesting uh, over the next week. Uh, really, the next couple of weeks. Um, just to kind of preface for the show, I don't have a ton of like old on headlines. 
Uh, even though there have been some, they've all kind of been gone over. It's already kind of past their due date almost. Um, AEW hasn't had a whole hell of a lot going on because they're still kind of coming off their last pay-per-view and kind of in that build-up cycle. Um, so they haven't had a ton yet, but we do have shit going. Um, looking at stuff like uh, Andrade finally getting his release after being supposedly denied his release. Uh, not very far ahead. And uh, coming out with a new name, right? He's officially something else now. I haven't heard a new name yet. Uh, um, it, it's going pro wrestling tees. He's got a shirt already. Is it La Sombra? No, it's Elisiato or, or something oh, like that. That's that. I'll have to check that out. Um, I'm aware of uh, La Sombra was his pre WWE name, and then El Idolo. I believe I thought he was going to go with that for a little while. However, no, I've not heard anything of a new one. Sorry, I'm smelling. I'm getting something that smells like it's burning here, and I don't know what. I'm trying to figure that out. Might uh, be. That's not good. No, I think it's the. Uh, I think it's the light I've got on here. So I think we're good. I don't. I don't see smoke. I don't see fire. I do have the the door open, so it may be outside as well. By God, it's Kane. Wait. No, it's the fiend. The fiend's gonna come take me all to his fiery, melty hell. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, really. We we really honestly haven't had a chance to even get into the uh, fast lane feedback or fallout. There's uh, fast lane which, fallout. We're less than a few days now from WrestleMania. There's. I'm, I'm not even gonna mess with the fast lane to be honest with you. Yeah, because it's, it's horseshit. Well, I mean, they only gave us three weeks between fast lane and mania. So I'm not gonna lie, buckles. Here's the crazy thing: mania is this weekend. Mm-hmm. Literally, what are we? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's five days away. Right. I don't know one single match for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you into the card here in a minute. I'm gonna get through the AEW shit, and we're gonna jump right into the all the uh, the WWE goings on. So it's gonna lead into the, sure. That's where we the biggest story are going. I, well, um, I don't know. The biggest story, in my opinion, is the match of the year contender Thunder Rosa Britt Baker. Just quickly. Very true. Uh, it's it sucks because again, that's almost three weeks ago. It doesn't feel like it. That was St. Patrick's Day, so God damn it, almost three weeks ago. But yeah, um, it's everybody in the world's already talked about it. It is, it's a short list for match of the year contender, very short list for match of the year contender. Uh, one of the best women's matches I've seen in a long time. One of the best, uh, like hardcore no matches. Holds, damn, like, no holds barred matches I've seen in a while. Shout out to Britt who has, in the short like year and a half that AEW has been around like the year and change or year, if you want to count some of the other shit, really the two years since it's been announced, the two years since Britt was announced as part of AEW, she is the most improved wrestler. She was our most improved wrestler on our awards back in New Year's. But even now, she's improved from that point. She's now one of the best talkers in AEW, one of the better heels in AEW. Her ring work is still not, I mean, she's not Omega, but her ring work is getting to be very good. And it's almost as if her boyfriend slash husband guy is rubbing off on her. And I don't mean that sexually. Well, it's almost as if she's being trained on the job, which is what they wanted to do with her. Britt is really putting everything together in the best possible way. And it's, it's a funny thing to say that a year ago people would say, Oh, well, you know, Britt's good, but we really need, you know, somebody else. We need Hikaru Shida as our, as our face of the division because Britt's just not there yet. Was it tooth and nail match? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, her and... Uh, Big Swole. Yeah. Like, not very good. Like, they were trying to... But you know what's weird? Through all of that, that's where Britt's transformation... It was like her broken nose and that whole thing. 
really shifted. Sit out, yeah. Yeah, it, it shifted or allowed her to really build on her character work while not focusing on the ring work. And then when she came ring, back, her ring work is yeah. impeccable. Working with Thunder Rosa helps with that too. <clears throat> Just throwing out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Working alongside somebody that's that good, that's going to help too. Um, so really, that, I mean, we can't not talk about that. That's still one of the best matches in, in AEW. That's one of the best matches in AEW's history already. It is a shortlist contender for match of the year already, and it's only April. So that should Ooh, tell yeah. you how good it is. Um, real quick with AEW, um, there hasn't been a whole lot. You've got the you know Bucks melodrama with the Good Brothers and with Kenny. Um, you've got Moxley and Kenny still sort of kind of feuding, but not really. Um, you've got uh, the Arcade Anarchy match from last week, which was fun as shit. Chris Statlander's back, yay! With an awesome Prince. Toy Story uh, Easter egg. Uh, which one? Oh, the Alien and the the Claw Machine. Come on, Alien and the yeah, Claw yeah. Machine. Yep, I didn't I didn't see it coming either. I love it. Um, we've got uh, Trent's back as well. That was um, an awesome moment. That's happy to Sue's see Sue's van pulls up and Trent comes yep. storming down the thing. I was not going to lie. I was like 25% concerned. I was like, they're going to turn him right now. He's going to betray OC and it's going to be awful. But luckily they didn't. This isn't yeah. WWE, damn it. Yeah, we don't swerve for swerve's sake. This is, I'm not Vince Russo and uh, we're better than that. You know, I, I can say I'm better than that even though I have no control over the booking. I'm still better than that. Um we did have Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends debut of their mu- new music, the uh, the uh, the Pixies. Where is my mind? Yeah, I'm not sure if that would have been my first pick, but works for him. All right, definitely goes with his lackadaisical, like chill I vibe. Honestly, I honestly would have gone with the song by Cake, but that's just me. That seems like more his vibe. Okay, that that kind of talk, sing, whatever. But neither here nor there. Um, we also have the announcement that NXT is moving from Wednesday night to Tuesday night, meaning we officially have an end, more or less, of the Wednesday night war, which ended up being fairly one-sided. Um, whether you look at that from a what is the better show standpoint, or if you look at it from the standpoint of ratings, the facts-based, pretty one-sided either way. Um, and WWE's playing it off like it's not that big of a deal, but... Still, it's something to talk about. It's a pretty big deal. It's a, it's a little bit of a big deal. There's also, it's speaking kind of, of a uh, huge deal. Forbidden, forbidden doors being opened. Did you see the newest guest announced for the uh, Broken Skull Sessions this weekend? Uh, yeah, what the F fuck? You got me. Like, okay, uh, time Y2J, out, hold Chris on. Jericho, yeah. Wait a minute. Like, okay, here's the interesting thing, too. Let's just talk about this for a second. They dropped that shit on fucking April Fool's. Yep, they did. And it's like, it's oh, ha, ha, oh, you think it's a joke. But Wait, then the what? reality <laughs> is, no, it's not a joke. And then they're really doing it. And then my question, you know, my first question in my, in my mouth was, well, they have to talk about AEW. There's no way you can't. As oh, as Stone Cold I mean, Steve there's... Austin, there is no fucking way you skirt around that when he was their I, first uh, world champion. Come I on. Don't know. I, I don't know. I think there's going to be ways that they can skirt around it. I don't think that they will. But I think any any addressing of it will be they're not going to say, well, tell me about your storylines, tell me about you know the inner circle, this, that, and the other. It'll probably be a little bit about how it started up, that kind of thing. It'll be softball questions. Apparently, Vince is okay with it, which is a little odd, a little telling about what he thinks of AEW. If he's really, if he's okay with it, he's not seeing them as that much of a competition, which to is be fair, a grave mistake. Is it? Yes. Yes. It, it hasn't is. affected. 
it hasn't affected WWE's bottom line at all. Vince has not lost a dime. Let me ask matter you this fact, question. Matter of fact, this last year was their most profitable, as we've always, okay, said, always said. Okay, sure. That's fine. That's fine. And if you're counting a tower and you're building the building blocks up one by mm-hmm. one by one as time goes on, one by one by one, at some point, the building blocks at the bottom have to be replenished, right? You can right. make, listen, you can make new fans all the live long day, but if the base falls out, there is a shift. And when the base falls out, you know, you're going to, again, notice more and more. And think about this. I thought about this. Bro, this is a fucking crazy thought. WCW, when was the first uh, WCW Nitro? Like, 94? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, it was 93 or 94, yeah. Mall of America, Minnesota, whatever, blah, 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 that shit, right? And then they started this whole, like, fucking story, line melodrama and whatnot. And I thought to myself, like, well, that's AEW now. Right, right now they're telling their stories. It's in their first, you know, couple years, their infancy, before they've really got all the gears turning flawlessly, and everyone knows their position and role and how to achieve it flawlessly. And then also the crazy genius of Eric Bischoff being thrown in there, which they don't have. But hey, you mean the WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff? Yeah, but my question is this. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, no, it's okay. My question is this though: What happens? Just really. What happens when they don't satisfy old fans and, 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 and AEW locks into that mode where they are 100% on the ball and 100% locked into, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Firing all, they're firing on all cylinders, right. you know. Here's the thing is that I think that AEW already is getting to that point, especially because the – they're showing more profit. They're getting more time. They're sure, getting, yeah. I mean, there are, they're succeeding. They're doing everything right that they need to be doing. They're, you know, you can argue about their booking. You can argue about this, that, and the other, but business wise, they're succeeding. Um, but again, until you are affecting Vince's pocketbook, it's not a loss. And no matter how successful AEW gets, are we really thinking at any point that they're going to overtake WWE? That's, you're beating Disney. You're, you still have to compete against the name brand. And for lack of a better term, you're always, even if you lose the dedicated hardcore fans, I mean, WWE's lost dedicated hardcore fans to new Japan for years. Yeah. You know, the, the people who've gotten annoyed with their product and left, you're still bringing in kids. You're still bringing in people who have grown up on WWE and now they're showing their kids that Vince's mind says they're always going to have that captive audience. And the fact that you've still got wrestlers and main, you know, event talent guys like Ricochet or Aleister Black or, you know, guys who are not being used by WWE now, you can't pry Ricochet away from it, from WWE because he's in his dream job. Even if it looks like shit to us, that's where he wanted to be. Well, that's what we Name that's it. what we hear. But then, as you watch, and this is something another thing I want to talk about, and this again filters back into the comparison of the Monday Night War. Like, look at it like this, bro. You see your buddy. Like, okay, let's say mm-hmm. that tomorrow I pack up and fucking move to California, and then every episode we do of the podcast behind me, you see a beautiful fucking beach, mm-hmm. and it's like this glory. Hold on, this glorious setup, you know, and then. You have, you know, and then you find out that Brando is moving and like Linder's going to also move to California and, and, and the whole, fr- all of our friends, all of your friends are gone. 
and you're the only fucking dude left hanging out in Indiana, it's your dream city. Do you, is it really your dream city right. when no one else is there? How to how do you enjoy something with no one to enjoy it with? You know, he's watching all his homies walk out the door and make better stories and better cheddar and all overall better product in the other company. Let me give you a different analogy. I know you're a sure. Chicago Bears. You're a Chicago Bears fan. Yeah. Okay. Correct? One Super Bowl. I get it. I'm a Bears fan too. Let's say you are an athlete. You have grown up an athlete. You have been you know conditioned your whole life to become a pro athlete. You grew up in the Chicago area. You've been a Chicago Bears fan all your life. You've got Walter Payton's 34 tattooed on your arm. You've got GSH tattooed on the other. You've been a Bears fan your entire life. You get drafted and go to, or you get drafted by a different team. You eventually, you know, hit free agency. You go to the Bears because that's where you wanted to go. That's where you wanted to be your whole life. Okay. Some of your other friends from your other teams, maybe they. Maybe somebody you went to college with or your friends from college, your friends from your other teams, maybe they end up on the Bears as well. You have a great run. You go to the, you win the Super Bowl. Well, that's not happening. See that? Okay, not the Bears. Hey, hey this not is fantasy the here. This is fantasy here. So you say so you win the Super Bowl, then the next year you, some of your friends get better deals to go elsewhere. Some go to San Francisco, go to you know Dallas, go to Philadelphia, go wherever, go down to Tampa Bay. It doesn't matter. They're all taking their one-year deals. They're making this sweet gig. Maybe your buddy got, uh, you know, MVP at the Super Bowl and he signed a sweet deal to play cornerback for Philly. Okay, you're okay. still you're. I mean, you're left. Okay, so you then on the team now you're on the team that you always wanted to be on, that you grew up wanting to be on. You're making millions of dollars to be on the team that you wanted to be on. You're in your hometown. Your friends have moved on to go other places. Do you leave too? Okay, well then I'm gonna triple down on your analogy, right? Because this is fun. I love this is what I love about the show. There's a whole back and forth of like viewpoints because I do understand what you're saying. Like he has a good gig, right? That's cool. Mm-hmm. But here's one thing: like imagine this now. Imagine that you're Michael Jordan and you play in the NBA, and you're the greatest basketball player alive, right? And at one point in time, everyone idolizes you, mm-hmm. okay? But the next thing you know, you're Michael Jordan, and you're playing for the minor league White Sox, and it's not the same. But it's by your choice, too. And Hold on, hold on. I got the by your choice. I get the I vibe the choice thing. My thing is the passion. My thing is the fact that you're watching, and this is maybe me not being so cryptic about what I'm trying to say about like the Michael Jordan thing is like when he was in baseball, he missed his friends in basketball so mm-hmm. dearly. And if you're on the outside looking in, you're gonna want in on that action. And here's what you have, and this is the most interesting thing. I don't know if you noticed this, but like um we have all this action with all these companies working together but one. Right? Mm-hmm. All of them but one. So let me now say this. You a ricochet, and you can have the ro- – okay, actually, let me let me ask you this question. You're not ricochet. You're buckles. Right now, you have a choice. You can either forever destroy all of WWE and its history and its lineage, but intact will remain all wrestlers who are currently not signed by that brand. Okay, mm-hmm. or you can destroy all wrestlers not associated with WWE and leave only the stalwart of the WWE standing. What would you do? 
no, just my personal taste and preference. I'm a bigger fan of indie wrestling than I am of, of, of AEW or WWE. So I would take the latter. I okay. would take sure. the more volume real quick, uh, real throwback on your, uh, Michael Jordan thing. Yes. Sure. He had the passion. Yes. He chose to, to leave and he had passion to come back and play with his friends again. Uh, remind me where he came back to. Home, which is the Indies for fucking Ricochet, bro. No. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 yeah, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, Michael Jordan went back to the WWE. Well, I don't think the WWE is the Bulls, bro. I think the WWE is. What I'm saying is, he went back to he went back home. He went back to the team he wanted to be on. I guess. I guess. So what you're saying then is that it's possible that we could have Ricochet leave and then come back in some epic arc. Uh, I could see Ricochet leaving, going back to New Japan, or going back to AEW, or going back to the Indies, and really making a name for himself, a la Drew McIntyre, and coming back and getting a push. Sure, sure, Vince, sure. When Vince decides that maybe he's worth it again. But, I mean, you can't really make any comparisons with WWE until you realize the fact that it's a one-man audience anyway. It doesn't matter. Everything everything that has to do there happens with one man. Um, But... To get back to the wrestling side of it, that's kind of the AEW news I have. It's not really a whole hell of a lot. Um, I do want to touch real quickly on the uh, new faction because we have all kinds of factions in AEW now. The Pinnacle, one of the best stories that has broke recently. Well, there is that, and there's also another faction that's debuted within the last week. Really? Maybe not called a faction yet, but it's going to be. Oh, QT Marshall's new faction? Yeah, QT Marshall's new faction. What is it going to um, be, cuties? No, I think it's going to be the Nightmare Factory. Cuz that's the name of the that's the name of the school that he and Cody run. That's where all the that's what it is. So you'll have the Nightmare Family and the Nightmare Factory battling it out ostensibly. I really don't know that you really want to have QT Marshall as your face with special guest referee Freddy Krueger. I mean, I don't know that you want to have him as the face of your faction, considering he's kind of boring. Yeah. But, hey, I'm all for it. I like the idea of a bunch of, it's the NXT, or the NXT, it's the AEW version of Nexus almost, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's all I really wanted to touch with on uh, AEW. You do have the pinnacle. I'm still kind of... I'm not 100% sold on Pinnacle. I like the idea of the faction and all of them together, but the I, MJF with them still seems odd to me. I still, I still would rather have seen like a four horsemen style faction that had nothing to do with MJF. But, but he's but, so flair in this man. He's just more of an asshole. I know, but he's didn't for whatever reason. I just I when I think of the four horsemen, I think of four ring work guys, not just good personalities, but all four ring work guys and. MJF's not a ring work guy. That's that's the only thing. Is okay. He's a, he's an old school heel. He's a great talker, but I don't. For whatever reason, he feels like the millennial version of an old school guy. Okay, not just like an old school guy. It's just just something personal, completely. It just doesn't click for me. I don't really understand why. I don't understand the motivation of M, of not MJF wanting to hang out with FTR and and Spears and all that. I get why he would want to because he's a leech and was going to glom onto whoever would give him power. Totally. But I don't get the reasoning of why FTR or Tully Blanchard would want to side with him. Um. Power. He's not really. He's not really ever won anything other than the diamond ring. 
but he has also put his name amongst all the best in AEW since the company started. And his name up there, yes, but he's got nothing. He's done nothing with it. Well, okay, but really, it's it's, it's, unwarranted. But then, really, who is booking him to win the title? You know, it's all about a coming of age thing. MJF's very young. Do you put the title on him when he's so young, a la Randy Orton? I don't think so. I think you give him a dynamite diamond ring and let him mature a little bit more before you put that responsibility on him. I would have rather seen him leading a faction of younger guys that he was obviously the top dog on. Um, not unlike, and this is a weird, a weird comparison because this is a faction that didn't go anywhere, but Randy Orton with legacy, all young guys. Yes. But uh, with whatever common tie, but it was obvious that Randy Orton was the main guy in it. Cody and, and, uh, DiBiase were just kind of there along with him. Sure. Sure. Um, MJF as a member of a team does not work. MJF leading a team or being in charge of a team works, but I have a hard time buying that he's in charge of FTR and Tully Spears, maybe, but FTR and Tully, not so much. Okay. I like that. We got, it's, it's brand new. We got plenty of time to let that all to to gel and everything. Um, I do want to get into the big stories, which is um, obviously it's mania week. Um, This is, the culmination of the year's worth of storytelling, which in WWE's case, <laughs> um, it is WrestleMania. Um, we, have, we have a two night mania with that. The WWE has done everything in its power to make it feel like just another pay-per-view, not even a regular, not even, not, this feels like it's less, it's less of a big deal than the rumble. It feels like it's less than a big deal of less of a big deal than Survivor Series or SummerSlam. So you're not getting like the a, super happy vibes from... Uh... It feels like payback. It feels like, you know, this is a random one-off pay-per-view in, like, June when they just kind of mailing it in. But there's... Uh, not to say that the shows won't be good. Um, I made this comment to somebody on, on uh, Twitter a couple days ago that both nights of WrestleMania, they'll be good. The, the matches will be good. The talent in these matches is, is too good for these shows not to be good sure they'll succeed despite themselves but the feel and the build-up going into all of them is completely lackluster i mean completely um and i want to run down the card for both nights please do you haven't you haven't been uh following up on it so uh, this will be uh cold open for a lot of you um so night one and this is by no means the actual order of the matches this is just what i'm expecting to see this is just the rundown of the matches. We have uh, the Riot Squad versus Lana and Naomi versus uh, Dana Brooke. And uh, um, I haven't written a sexy muscle friend, so that's what Oscar called him. Dana Brooke and uh, 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 Mandy Rose. I should tell you how memorable the two of them are. Uh, and Natalia and Tamina. Uh, and I think Carmella and Billy Kay. All in a tag team turmoil match. The winners will go on to face... Uh, Naya and Shayna night two. Okay. Basically, this is your way of a getting the women's title, the women's tag titles on the show at all, and b involving like ninety five percent of your female roster. There you go. So really, the only the only name that's missing on there is uh, Peyton Royce. I think it's just because they don't have anyone for her to tag with. At this point, I don't think there's really anybody left. Uh, now that uh, Lacey's out with pregnancy. Um, and again, there's nothing to be gleaned from that. I know does no one cares about 
no, uh, about Lana or not Lana, but uh, Naya and Shayna. Yeah, it's not Shana's a very good story. No, there, there's no, there is no story that that was literally announced last night. But yeah, that was announced last night. Uh, so the the raw before Mania. So do we care? No, we've had Nia and Shayna on a few shows in a row challenging the champions on either side with their challengers. We had them facing Sasha and Bianca one week, and then last night Rhea and Oscar. He'll turn. Well, it was a debut. Um, so it really didn't. No one cares. That match, no one cares about either of them. Then you have uh, New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. Okay. Who is in his first official match? A um, couple things. We don't know anything about Omos. We have no clue whatsoever what he can do in the ring. He's never had a match before that we are aware of. Um, but it tells you the state of the WWE tag team division on Raw. That they yeah. had to throw together a tag team because uh, they took the belts off of uh, Hurt Business. More on that in a second. Um, so we have New Day versus Styles Nomos, which has been, I guess, built. They had they played charades last week. It was dumb. Um, you have Cesaro versus Rollins, which actually is a decent build. Uh, came from Rollins coming back and trying to do his Messiah character again. And everybody walking out on him, including Cesaro, who kind of stuck around long enough to really shake his head and disrespect Rollins on the way out. Sure. Uh, Rollins, whose suit game is impeccable, by the way. Damn. Uh, no, the dude comes out. He came out in literally like a sky blue and clouds suit the other day. It's amazing. Um, like he's really embraced that whatever douchey, he calls it the drip, but the just douchey character that he is. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, Cesaro just jumped him and swung him like 30 times. Damn. Like, in the middle of a promo, just like cut him out and swung him a bunch. And Rollins has been trying to get revenge on him ever since. Uh, playing off the idea that Cesaro has never been anything but potential, 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 and never really capitalized on it, which is kind of true. And also kind of WWE kind of digging it itself because they had every chance to capitalize on it and just never did. He's always been good. and They've just never done anything with it, but uh, they did have a nice little promo on SmackDown last week to center the feud where uh, Rollins just like went off on him and this, this is a potential potential. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this right now. We don't even have to go to mania. And Cesaro just kind of looks at him and goes, then take a swing. And Rollins back down. Good feud. Actually decent feud. Okay. Most of the, most of the good on this, <laughs> these shows are on SmackDown. Um, you're also going to have uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. I'm not going to shake my head because it's not, it's not been a terrible feud. Bad Bunny's actually putting effort into it, which, uh, as we saw with Pat McAfee, hey, don't doubt it. When the when the when the performer, the celebrity performer, is actually willing to do the work to put in something, give it a shot. You know, give it at least a shot. I, I'm not a fan of his music. I don't particularly care. The angle's not really all that entertaining in the sense that it's original. It's, you know, musical performer and his giant friend, in this case, Damien Priest, who's getting a great rub, by the way, from this. Yeah. Feuding with former champion, delusional former champion, and his, uh, you know, little gippy up dog buddy uh, that is uh, that is John Morrison for some strange reason. Uh, feuding because they're mid-carters. Um. You have Sasha and Bianca, which on paper 
sounds like a great match. Or I mean, it'll be a great match. But it sounds like a great feud, right? But they've done Sasha. shit all with it. Well, yeah, they involved the sommelier from Carmella, that Reginald dude. They've involved him in it for some godforsaken reason. And then they had the two of them team up to fight for the women's tag titles for some godforsaken reason. They've just gone out of their way to make to just do head-scratching moves with the build that make no sense. And it's really robbed the feud of any kind of... Um, there's going to be a lot of steak, but there's not going to be a whole lot of sizzle to it, I guess. Oh, we love when they fucking give us all that steak with no sizzle. That's the whole like, fucking point. Not like you're you're gonna have a great match come up. It's gonna be a fantastic match, but the build's been just so dumb that it doesn't really. No one cares. Uh, and you have Drew uh, Drew McIntyre challenging Bobby Lashley for the title, which again on paper looks great, except when you take into the fact that when Bobby Lashley won the title, he was over his shit. Everybody was really happy to see it. He had a great faction around him. The Hurt Business, great faction with the tag team titles. Hey, what happened Looking to at that them, faction? All the gold. Uh, well, we decided that we can't have uh, Lashley get cheered at Mania when we have live fans, so we got to have reasons for him to get booed. So we're breaking up this great faction that still had so much story to tell. We're going to make Lashley, who could not talk his way out of a paper bag to the extent that you have him paired up with MVP, who's a great talker, and we're going to put the microphone in Lashley's hands. Um. All for Drew, who we don't know if he's going to get cheered or not. I like Drew. Don't get me wrong. I like Drew McIntyre a lot. But we don't know if he's going to get booed or cheered because the fans may want to cheer for Lashley, despite everything else. So, again, great. It should be a decent match. Should be a feud that writes itself. But because That one sounds, just not to interject, but like that match kind of sounds, and I know it doesn't have the same like uh, particular circumstances, but it definitely has WrestleMania 20 Brock Lesnar Bill Goldberg vibes. Like you've I'm not set go that far. you I'm no not I'm just go saying no but what I'm saying is you've set your performers up to fail because of how you've set things up. Uh, Goldberg and Lesnar if they would have played things totally differently and just been honest jump hey this is going to be our last match but we're going to go right. banger uh, style you, okay, to see who fair. the best is and that's it. Okay, that's cool. They kind of played bullshit, and the crowd caught on. The crowd right. knows they caught on. That they obviously are fucking That's around right. with the Hurt Business just to get this reaction. So at WrestleMania, if the crowd cheers for fucking Lashley and boos McIntyre, it's really, again, here we go. Look at Vince McMahon trying to tell the crowd what they want, and don't do that. The crowd will tell you what they want. Right. Yep. Well, the problem is they haven't had a crowd to tell to, them yes or no. Well, but to to just to, to just to Jack Black it, you just shut up and listen to my order. I'll yeah. tell you no, I what I want, not the other way around. <laughs> Give me I'm aware. I'm aware a four-piece chicken McNuggets. They haven't had the live crowd there to boo or cheer going into it. So they're kind of trying they're trying to hedge their bets and hope that it's one way or the other, but they're shooting themselves in the foot while doing so. Speaking of Man, you know, this is what you want, right? This is what I think you want. This is why I what I think everybody wants. Uh, the other match that I haven't talked about from night one is uh, Braun versus Shane in a steel cage because God hates us and Vince loves stupid shit. Just the feud, stop. The feud has literally been Shane going, Braun, you're stupid. Braun, you're stupid. And Braun going, I'm not stupid. I was bullied as a kid. I've never been stupid. Meanwhile, by the way, have you seen the clips? And I quick aside here because I'm gonna I'm gonna address this other match here on, on night two. But they've been adding little bits of multimedia, as it were, to a couple of uh, items on Raw. One being Matt Riddle's entrance. 
I don't know what you mean. Um, he comes into the ring and then does his like stupid kick the flip flops off. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, they added. They thought that was so cool that they slowed it down. They do. They, they reshow it in slow mo immediately after he does it, and then they added pyro to it, like the the turnbuckles pop off when he does it. And then the last couple of weeks, for some reason known to no one but God, they added animated birds, like CGI birds come flying out when he does it. By Nate. Nate's off the, Nate, Nate walked off. I hate Matt Riddle. I hate that character. I, I, know, I know this is just me killing a couple of seconds, but I'm throwing this out there. I'm going to talk about Riddle here in a minute, but I honestly cannot stand that character. I'm going to mention it again when he gets back on the microphone here. I hate Matt Riddle's character. It is annoying as shit and not in a good way. It is get off my TV screen bad, which sucks because Matt Riddle is a fun wrestler to watch in the ring. It really does suck. He's a seems to be a piece of shit human being. Give me that kind of bullshit, my friend. I'm going to walk off the show when you when you tell me that they birds. Why? What do birds have to do with Matt Riddle? They're high? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. I'm high, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I uh, I hope you don't have those headphones on too tight, because I'm going to make you walk off the show again. Uh, that's only one of the two animated things that they've added, or uh, extra things that they've added. They've also added a sound effect to bronze uh, running in laps around the ring and, and trucking people. You know what I'm referring to? He where he you his know, shoulder starts his shoulder tackle yeah yeah, yeah he does run, drop, yeah. Bye -bye, yeah they've added they've added train noises to that wow I actually heard him throw the headphones there I just broke the show that's how mad I am I broke yeah. the fucking show yeah yeah on the episode <laughs> they're gonna be like what just happened but let me officially walk off because I broke the show and I was like oh shit I got an unbroke but I'm walking off now damn it. I hope he didn't actually break too much. The sad thing is when he walks off the show, he takes his headphones off, and I never know when he's coming back. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we have Braun, Braun, Braun Train, Monster Train, whatever you want to call it. Hold on, I have to let Nate put his, head, his ears back on. <laughs> yeah. Choo choo, motherfucker! That's what's happening. I am to him. No, I'm swear to God. Broad runs around the ring, and you hear chugga 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 choo choo. Not kidding. And you think WWE can outlast AEW? Horse shit, no. my friend. It's not so much they're outlasting because that's going to go on until Vince is dead, and WWE will outlast Vince's death. But that kind of bullshit, that dumbass feud. You have Braun the human fucking Thomas the Tank Engine versus Shane going, you're dumb, you're dumb, and showing like report card pictures of Braun getting a D minus in fifth grade. It's 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 big time dumb. Brondo, it's, so dumb. it's what plants crave. Well, they're going to be on the cage, so guess who's jumping off the cage? It's Shane. Anyway, I'm moving on. I'm not putting any more thought into that. They haven't either, so I'm not. Listen here, um, Buckles, I need you to give our audience a couple minutes of your real love and attention. I'm not walking off this time because of something you said, but if the pod father does not go take a pod piss, I'm going to make a mess all over my couch. <laughs> so just keeping uh, it super real with you, no, Buckles is going to take over for a minute and just kind of go riff salad. 
Whatever he says, you should probably trust that shit because Buckles knows what he's talking about. I'll be right back, though. Don't give them that hot mess of garbage. Me knowing my shit. Uh, I do want to mention really quickly a couple of things uh, regarding uh, Impact and AEW, just to go over really quickly while he's gone. Um, We have gotten the announcement that at their next pay-per-view, which I do believe is Rebellion, uh, we are going to get um, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega for both the belts, uh, which will probably be once Nate finds out about that, will be a lot of him splooging all over his couch about forbidden doors and belt collectors and this this holy shit prophecy that he's always had. That's why I'm doing this while he's not on the air. Uh, I know once we do that, we'll be getting into discussions about this and that'll sidetrack us for the next 10 hours. Love you, Nate. Um yeah, so we have uh, what may officially be the Impact belt coming onto AEW. Um, we also have, I believe, Finn Juice uh, from New Japan has won the Impact titles off of the Good Brothers, uh, which has kind of freed the Good Brothers up to be on uh, on AEW just slightly more. Um, I don't know that they're going to do much more with Impact. I, I really, it's just been Kenny over the last couple of weeks um, and the AEW. Um, uh, Tony Khan, uh, you know, by a by a segment moments where he's talking about what's going on 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 AEW. Um, so I don't know that they're going too far uh, more with the crossover other than Swan and uh, the belt. Um, speaking of belts, we've also had uh, the new belts debuted on New Japan, uh, the retirement unification of the Intercontinental and the heavyweight title belts into something that looks unfortunately like Cody Rhodes neck tattoo uh, in shape. And uh, you almost feel bad for Coda for winning the title and then having to debut something that looks that cheesy and that bad. Um, But don't feel too bad for him because he then turned around and lost it in his first defense. Uh, So we are now living in the era where Will Ospreay is the main title holder for new Japan pro wrestling. Um, there is a bit to unpack from that as well. Uh, first of all, being that do you really want someone with Will Ospreay's backstage pedigree at the moment uh, to be representative of your company, which New Japan's kind of been on the record, or not shouldn't say on the record, but New Japan has historically shown that it doesn't really worry too much about bad press in that regard. Uh, just as a reminder, Will Ospreay has been accused of blacklisting a few people for speaking out during the uh, speaking out movement. Um, we also have a rumor that B Priestley, his, uh, paramour might be going over to NXT UK as well. Hey, welcome back, Nate. Y'all, that was a long urine. But... So I, while you were out, I talked a little bit of impact, talked a little in Japan. We're back on, uh, on, uh, on the mania here. On that bullshit. So for night two of mania, keeping us moving here. Uh, night two of Mania, we have the women's tag team title match. The winner of the yep. tag team turmoil versus Nia and Shane already hit on that. We have Matt Riddle and Sheamus for the U.S. title that Riddle is currently carrying. Uh, during one of your off-screen segments there, I made a, made a quick mention of the fact that I absolutely hate Matt Riddle. I honestly want that character off my screen every time he is on my screen. He is every stoner trope and joke ever. Let's talk about the uh, walk-off mid-promo. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't, there's not a whole lot to say about it, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just walks away. Well, yeah, he just kind of, 
he forgot, legitimately forgot his lines mid promo and had a real life, hey, we're live pal moment and just walks off, confused the shit out of Asuka. And apparently Vince and uh, Pritchard thought it was so funny. They just kept it in. <laughs> it was pre-taped and they just kept it in um, because it fits really well into his dumbass fucking character. You know, I, I try not to speak. To, I don't want to speak ill of 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 the magnificent herb and uh, and the the medicinal processes that it can partake in your presence, especially. But this dude is every bad stoner trope ever. Oh, absolutely! It's he's almost Dante, like they turn it up. Dante to from Grandma's Boy. Does that mean he'll feud with a returning RVD? He is RVD for Christ's sake. He is more. He's played more as a burnout than they've called him a burnout. Wow. For Christ's sake, they talked about getting the munchies. He rides around on a Razor scooter. They call him a stallion. So they toe the line of talking about the weed culture without actually talking about it. Very much so. Uh, there was jokes about like the two of them. He was talking with the New Day boys last night, and they were like, man, I suddenly really want cookies and milk. Yeah, like it's it's just like pretty much everything except them saying the word, hey, he smokes pot. But... He is so freaking annoying. Be a whole lot cooler if they did. He is, okay. You know the scene, and I, I know I made the comparison to Dante from Grandma's Boy. When he walk, when the main character walks up and Dante's standing there and bare-ass naked, he goes, dude, why are you naked? He goes, holy shit, I am naked. Come on in. That. That <laughs> is a wrestling character. Oh, I'm what's up, too- man? I am naked. That's, Yes. You just did Matt Riddle's voice. I'm too, I'm way too bait to drive to the devil's house. Uh, I'm way I'm so stoned, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's that's Matt Riddle, and I hate it. I absolutely is so fucking annoying. To the extent where Seamus, who doesn't have a decent character, he's kind of the face of the damn feud. <laughs> that's Every, a weird thing to say. Everybody wants to see Riddle get his ass kicked. It's a shame because at least on screen, Riddle's a great wrestler. It's a shame. Uh, moving on, um, we have at we do have at WrestleMania, Sammy uh, Sammy Zayn versus Kevin Owens. You almost said Sammy Guevara. That would have uh, been match no, of the I, year. I, I, no, I almost said Sammy Owens actually, <laughs> um, which creepy. But no, uh, Sammy Zayn versus Kevin Owens at, at Mania. So okay, so timeout. Hold that. on, we're wait. Timeout. Stop. Wait. Yep. Hold on. I'm going to make it worse. God, nope. Just you wait. God damn it. Buckles, let (laughs) me do this. Battleground 2016. We were told that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would battle for the very last time ever. Immediately, they were drafted to the same show and then immediately had 173 goddamn matches since that time. And here we are at WrestleMania, and I get it. They're dudes, they're real-life homies, they're best friends. Yeah. What a cooler thing they, than to have well, the that, moment of, like... That and they are one of the legendary indie feuds of all time, too. Right, right, right. And, you know, you can draw numbers on that, right? Right. So, like, However, it's good business, but how is the st- how is the build? Build's not terrible, actually. Uh, Sammy's been doing this, this crazed conspiracy theory character over the last couple of months where he has a documentary crew following him around and he's trying to document all the injustices against him and all the fact that WWE's out to get him and everything. And he tried to get KO onto his documentary thinking, yeah, he's my friend. He'll buy into that. He'll help me with this. And KO being the good friend that he is goes, you're being fucking stupid. You are being an idiot. Stop it. 
to which Sammy literally runs over and Haluvi kicks him while he's standing on while he's on commentary and literally kicks him in the face. Damn! Like did not pull it at all. Like Randy Orton, yes. Vince McMahon yes. punt. Yes. God, that uh, do you remember that uh, kick? Uh, I'm they, still they feeling that kick all these years later. It was probably the best Haluvi kick I've seen. Nice. Anyway, um, they've since kind of complicated it by involving Logan Paul, which I don't like. Um, they had him as a special guest on because he was, he and Sammy had been talking on social media, but it did give us this great moment where Sammy premiered the trailer for his documentary, which was really, really funny last week involving lots of Sammy dancing, which I think I sent you, um, and premiered it for Logan Paul to see. And he kind of goes, yeah, that was kind of dumb. You really seem dumb. (laughs) And Owens runs out and just beats the shit out of Sammy and kills. That's going to keep happening until you start being smarter. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. So we're going to get the match at Mania. It'll be a great match because the two of them cannot have a bad match together. I don't like that we're involving Logan Paul. That seems like a really dumb idea, but I'll take it. Um, You will also get uh, Big E versus Apollo Crews in what's being called a Nigerian drum fight. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, don't walk off. Don't walk off, please. Please, God, don't walk off. I can't carry any more dead air. <laughs> I can't carry I can't carry more dead air. Don't walk off. <laughs> Stop saying stupid WWE shit then, bro. I can't help it. They make me. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's true. They do make you say some pretty stupid shit because they're, oh they're the ones booking it. But, um, but yeah, we have... Uh, it's a, it's not a bad feud. Uh, Apollo and 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 crew Apollo and Biggie we've talked about before. They've had some good chemistry together. The end of their match at, at Fastlane was kind of botched, so the end the pin was botched. Still had the same result, but it kind of was fucked up. They're really leaning hard into Apollo doing this Nigerian royalty gimmick, which on the one hand, if he's behind, I kind of it's kind of cool in a way to see somebody embracing their heritage a little bit. Is there validity the to that hand, background? Is he actually a yeah, prince? Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, his, his family is actually Nigerian. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, as fuck. The, like there's, there's some legitimacy behind it. it's, it's, it's kind of hard to boo in the sense that he's legitimately pulling on stuff that he's aware of, but his accent is so forced. It's almost cheesy. And they're leaning so hard into it so quickly that it's coming off as a little cheesy. Now, this Nigerian drum fight, they haven't said anything of what it's going to be. It's probably just a no holds barred match. But there's Or it's going to be some sort of like attempt to replicate the fucking Black Panther fight. That's actually what I was going to say. Is There's two ways it could go. It could just be a really cheesy uh, fight, like a bunch of drums and shit everywhere that's going to come off as very cringy. Or they could do a cinematic thing. I don't know that they're going to do cinematic. I think they're trying to get away from doing cinematic, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, I don't think they're going to have a cinematic match on the show, actually. Interesting. Um, but they could lean into the the uh, Black Panther thing, which, if they do it right, that fight was cool as shit. Absolutely. So, I mean, it could be all right. We could get fucking Kumite with, like, battle drums and shit, which might not be all that bad. And Biggie, I'm kind of trusting to pull something out of his ass, honestly. Um, actually, the next fight, the next match is the one I was going to bring up about the cinematic thing. 
is Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Which, as of right now, with the last Raw before Mania having come and gone now, is just a regular match. No stipulations whatsoever. It's just a match. Which seems really dumb. Really, really, really dumb. Considering last year, two of your best matches on the entire WrestleMania card were cinematic. The cinematic thing, There's here's my thoughts with that, is I think they, they're trying to avoid doing a cinematic match because this is their first time with fans again. So they want to present everything for their fans, which I'm not really opposed to. Um, this needs to be a Firefly Funhouse match. It, it absolutely screams that it needs to be. However, I can't fault them for wanting to do stuff live in front of fans for the first time in the year. I can't really fault that. Um, the problem is that they started with an Inferno match. They've had Possession and Black fucking Papa Shango goo. How are you gonna fucking play that to a live Teleportation crowd? and, yeah, and Bray coming out as this crispy fucking critter and, like, it's... You really have ratcheted up the supernatural and cheesy cinematic bullshit to an extent that you have to play that off now. And you may not be able to know. Maybe they'll. Maybe the fact that they haven't announced it. Maybe it's going to be a Firefly Funhouse match. Maybe we don't even get a match. Maybe it's just this cinematic shtick we get. I don't know. But they, ha- as of right now, it's still just a match. And Weird. I'm also going to say that whenever it's done, that feud needs to be done because that feud is more burnt out than Bray Wyatt. I thought it's you were going to say more burnt out than, out than fucking Matt Riddle. I I was getting there. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 well overdone at this point. Um, moving on from that, we have Oscar and Rhea Ripley, uh, which, you know, Rhea debuted and immediately called out Oscar for a title match. Decent chance that Rhea wins at her first defense or her first chance. I don't know. It should be a good match. Again, the talent is there. The build has only been around for two weeks now. Rhea has only been on the show for three weeks, I think. So not really a build to speak of. She kind of went heelish last night and beat up Asuka mid-match, but whatever. I don't really think it matters all that much. And then the final match of the night with the main event of WrestleMania Night 2 and really the main event of all of WrestleMania is the Universal title match. Hey, what is that Universal title match? Hey, that's a triple threat, which you and I talked about. Oh, did we predict that they would go triple threat? I think that, well, you, me, and everybody who was actually paying attention, I think pretty much did. Like it was, it, Daniel Bryan kind of forced them into making it a triple threat, whether he needed to or not. Um, I think they're kind of stumbling backwards into a really good triple threat. Um, I don't know if it was always their plan or not. Uh, I don't know if they expect, excuse me, expected that Edge as a babyface was going to be able to carry the feud. You know, back when he won the Rumble, I agreed, I argued that he wouldn't. If you remember correctly, I didn't think it was the right idea. I thought Brian should have won the feud, run the rumble less, but um, they've leaned back more into edge. Edge has been very much a tweener. So you have Brian as the an aggressive face. You have edge as the ultimate opportunist tweener, which is his best role. Um, and then reigns as the still a heel, but they've set it up so that now they could put the belt on somebody else besides Reigns without Reigns having to take a pin as well. So really, it should be a good match. You're not going to have a bad match with Brian involved. You're just not. So who walks uh, out with this title, truthfully? I'm betting Edge, honestly. 
Really? Um, I, I am. The edge I think, revival is happening. I think so. I don't think I don't think they would have put him in the match without the possibility of him getting it. Um, I think Brian, but I think the problem they were going to run into is that while they may have wanted to put the the belt on edge, they didn't want to take it off of reigns, but now having Brian in the match to essentially take the pin allows them to do that. Sure. Brian is a character that is kind of bulletproof in its own way. The more he loses, the more everybody else wins. Yeah, because they're going to be like, why didn't you give it to him? Damn it. Well, I mean, you could also see this spin off into if Reigns does get the belt taken off of, maybe we get a Daniel Bryan Edge feud out of it, which I'm here for. Um, or I don't know. Maybe Edge doesn't win and takes some time off and we get a Bryan Reigns feud for a little bit longer. There's a lot of good ways you can spin out of this. I think that they, I think Edge winning is most likely because I don't know if they're going to get another chance to do it. Sure. Um, and. With him in this tweener mode, I think they're better equipped to have him make a run with the belt than they would with him as a face. He so. wins the title and full revitalization of the rated R superstar comes back, and I will fucking He's lose my shit. Kind of already, kind of already going that way. Like the end of the end of uh, the fast lane match was him snapping on Brian, hitting him with a chair, and going, "It's mine. This match is mine. This match is mine." And you know, going back into that desperate. I will stab anybody in the back to get what I need. I mean, we're kind of getting that, which is where, he, again, that's right in his wheelhouse. That's 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 peak edge. Aggressive babyface underdog is peak Brian. And right now, big dog, or not even big dog, but head of the table reigns is peak reigns. So we're getting the best versions of all three of them right now. Awesome. That's, that's where you need to be. So really, the build's been good. The fight's going to be good. They've got multiple ways that they can come out of this all smelling like roses. So really, the main event's going to be fine. Crowd's going to be hot for it. One of the few matches that's actually well built and put together. Right. Really, the only one of the like maybe three matches that's had a decent build the whole way through. You'd say Apollo and Big E is one of the other ones, and yeah, to an extent, to an extent. I, I would say I would say really in terms of build, Cesaro Rollins, um, KO Sammy. But, Nah, that's, that's only been going for a couple of weeks. Ah, uh, I would say Cesaro Rollins, Bad Bunny, and Damian Priest versus Miz Morrison's had some decent build. Uh, the main title build, uh, technically Orton and Wyatt, just because of the sheer depth of or volume of build that it's had. For sure, it's been going on for fucking six months now. So I, that I would say all those six months uh, over the past seven years. Yeah, over the past seven years, that was twenty twenty. Um, but so that's that's mania. That's the two nights of mania. Um, and before we get to the two nights of mania, and I'm trying to get this as condensed as we can. Tomorrow night we have two, starting tomorrow night we have two nights of takeover. Uh, we have what is the takeover. final takeover on Wednesday? Well, it's not the final takeover on Wednesday. It's the final NXT on Wednesday, no less. Uh, you're going to have night one that is on USA, and night two is going to be on Peacock, WWE Cock. Um, and with WrestleMania being the first official only on WWE, or only on Peacock pay-per-view. Uh, so with TakeOver, and shock me if the, tell me if this is shocking, but the TakeOver matches are all fantastic compared to Mania. Um, so for night one, again, this is in no particular order. Night one, uh, we have uh, Leon Ruff versus uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis versus L.A. Knight. In a gauntlet match for the, the North American title, 
number one contendership for it. Oh, they'll, they'll go on to face whoever wins is going to go on to face Gargano at uh, night two. L.A. Night. Uh, L.A. Night's going to be the last one. We know that already, but I don't really think you're going to do a heel versus heel. So I'm betting it's either going to be Reed or Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff, you've already done. Uh, there is a storyline built with uh, Dexter Loomis that they could play off of. Um, if they do, if that's the way they go. I think they give it to Loomis. I think they give the belt to Loomis because otherwise he's got nothing. He really okay. doesn't have any other feuds and he's going to be completely directionless if he doesn't win the belt. So uh, I think Loomis is probably my best bet, although it wouldn't surprise me to see Bronson Reed getting it either to give Gargano a win. Um, so that's one match. Uh, also in night one, you have a triple threat tag team title match for the vacant NXT tag team titles uh, vacated when Danny Burch separated his shoulder a couple weeks ago. Uh, so you have Legado del Fantasma, which is uh, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza versus Grizzled Young Veterans, uh, formerly of NXT UK, which is um, uh, James Drake and uh, Tyler Bate, right? No, that's uh, Mustache Mountain. Oh, Mustache Mountain. Uh, right. No, it's uh, uh, James Drake and uh, uh, why can I not think of his name all of a sudden? Bald, soon to be recognized. Why can't I think of his fucking name? Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, oh, Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson. Um, so Grizzled Young Veterans versus Legato Del Fantasma versus MSK, the former uh, Rascals, uh, which should be a great match. Then you have probably my favorite match on night one, Walter versus Champa. <laughs> yeah, you know my opinion on Walter fights. Walter's actually going to have two title defenses in about Champa? 24 hours. Yeah, Champa's chest is going to be fucking hamburger. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think there's any chance of Champa winning it. Uh, they're not going to take the belt off of Walter after an almost two-year reign at a random takeover with no build, very little build. But it's going to be a violent fucking match, and I'm here for it. Okay. Uh, and then your main event, I believe main event for night one, is going to be Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez, which, calling it here, you're going to see Raquel Gonzalez more than likely take the title off of Io Shirai. Probably going to be Io's call-up, assuming we get a call-up kind of hoping they don't because I don't want to see her ruined, but that's just me. Uh, but it should be a banger match. Raquel Gonzalez has improved by leaps and bounds over the last year. Uh, so that's night one, night two, uh, Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin in a ladder match to have the legit cruiserweight title. Uh, both of them are holding cruiserweight title belts at this point. Um, should be again, a fantastic match. Uh, Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way, which is Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell uh, for the women's NXT tag team titles. Uh, Gargano versus the winner of the Gauntlet match from night one. And then the two big marquee matches on night two, uh, Finn Bauer versus Karrion Cross for the NXT title, which is a toss-up in my mind. Uh, and then the big unsanctioned, you know, quote-unquote lights-out match. Uh, between Gargan or between uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, which should be a fucking banger as well. Damn. So two nights that are going to be both really, really good shows. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. I'm probably normally when I would watch NXT and 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 AEW on Wednesday nights, I would watch Dynamite Live and then uh, DVR NXT and watch it afterwards. Not this week. It's Takeover. I gotta watch. I've gotta go with Takeover first. So I'm still gonna watch uh, watch AEW after the fact. But uh, that's leading me into the next little bit here, which is it's got a little bit of competition. 
because I mentioned this a couple times on uh, on the show uh, leading up to it, but uh, this has kind of been the big thing I wanted to get to the whole show is if you are a fan of professional wrestling, this is the week to be a fan. Um, I'm actually taking Thursday and Friday of this week off because your boy is going to go down the rabbit hole for your for your benefit, dear listener. I'm going to watch all the shit and report back on all of it that I can. Yeah, this is my this is my mecca. This is the independent wrestling week that I love. Um, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna actually give you a quick breakdown so you can understand the scale of it, Nate. I want you to understand the scale of it to know what I'm about to do. So I should just sit back, relax, and let you chat it up. Yep. So here's the deal. Every year, uh, the last few years, we have GCW uh, has done what they call the collective. Uh, this is the uh, grouping of shows that uh, indie shows that show up in whatever town that Mania is in for the span of a few days uh, to really give indie performers a chance to mingle with the massive wrestling fan crowd that comes out to Mania. Well, obviously, the last few years have been a, the last couple of years have been a little odd, a little different, but we're still going to have a collective this year. Um, we're also getting IWTV is kind of getting into it as well with what they call the showcase and the independence. What that means is GCW between Thursday, Friday, Saturday is running shows between 11 o'clock and two in the morning, all three days. Wow. IWTV is doing the exact same. So I have gone ahead and paid for the ticket to get and stream on fight TV, all of the collective as a subscriber to IWTV. I'm already getting all of theirs as well. So, for those of us who really, really like professional wrestling, I want to run down what this week, starting last night, going into next week, a week from tonight, looks like. If you're a wrestling fan, check this out. Monday, which is this, obviously last night. This, we're recording this on Tuesday. Last night was Monday, Monday Night Raw. We also had Dark Elevation. Tonight, we, had, uh, we also have AEW Dark and Impact and the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, night one. Tomorrow, we have TakeOver. We have Dynamite. Thursday, starting at 8 or 11 a.m., Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F. Starting at noon, IWT's, IWTV Family Reunion. They're doing two blocks of this at noon and at three. These are just random uh, independent promotions all getting together, filming different matches that they're going to show at once. It's their family reunion of sorts. Wait. Uh, at 4 p.m., this is still Thursday. Uh, GCW's Acid Cup. It's a two-day, 16-man tournament. This is day one. At 6 p.m., AIW Go For Broke, which is a really weird concept that I haven't quite followed. I believe it is another miniature tournament. 8 p.m., TakeOver Night 2. 8 p.m., Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. 8 p.m., uh, ICW No Holds Barred Volume 11. 8 p.m., Impact. <laughs> Damn. Or no, no, excuse me. Impact was tonight. Impact was Tuesday night. I'm sorry. Um, Thursday is all, or uh, so that's Wednesday, or that's Thursday. Uh, After TakeOver at 11.59 p.m., No Peace Underground, Murder Mania, 11.59 p.m., GCW for the Culture 2. Hey, for the Culture was dope. Yeah, their card this year looks amazing, too. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, So that's all Thursday. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten events 
on Thursday between 11 a.m. and 2 a.m. Friday, 12 p.m., Action SUP, Have Fun, Be Sad, being promoted by uh, Violence is Forever, has a couple of really cool matches. 12 p.m., Alley Cat's Real, Real Hot Girl Shit. 4 p.m., Freelance Underground, Secret Stash. 4 p.m. as well, Acid Cup Day 2, another tournament. Um, 6 p.m., H, uh, H2O Wrestling, Subterranean Violence, Volume 9. Not 8 p.m., SmackDown. 8 p.m., Ricky Shane Page, Spring Break. Same oh, time. yeah. Same time, uh, which is a great card as well. Also at 8 p.m., ICW Pit Fighter, Battle of the Tough Guys, another 16-man tournament, which is going on two blocks in a row. So they're going all the way till 2 a.m. Also at 2 a, or at 11, uh, 59 p.m., uh, the Excess Lucid Dream, which has another stack, uh, stack card. On Saturday, Effie's Big Gay Brunch 2 at 11. Tony Deppin's Beer House at noon, which, real quick, shout out to Tony Deppin for taking on that show. That is the slot that Synergy Pro was originally going to be on before their owner and promoter got out of it as being a pedophile and had the entire show yanked. So Tony Deppin stepped in and is booking all the same folks that would have been on that show, getting them a payday as well. So shout out to Tony Deppin there. Nice. Um, 3 p.m., Alex Colon's Planet Death. Probably guess what that's going to be. Um, at 4, Beyond uh, Beyond Wrestling, Time Capsule. At 7, Unsanctioned Pro, Fueled by Spite. At 7 p.m., Mania Night 1. On uh, Saturday as well, ICW uh, No Holds Barred. That starts at midnight. Uh, farewell, uh, farewell to the Pawn Shop. Uh, at, at midnight as well. No Peace Underground, Shallow Graves. That's Saturday. So another 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, seven eight events on saturday including mania night one that is an enormous amount of events then sunday the only event scheduled is mania night two but here's the thing you might think you're done there but what comes after mania you have raw the next night and then everything rolls into that next week you have this next schedule which is the schedule we're going to have going forward you have raw and dark elevation on monday you have NXT and Dark on Tuesday. You have Impact, or you have a AEW on Wednesday. You have Impact now on Thursday. You have SmackDown on Friday. Yikes. And that's not taking account into MLW, not taking into account New Japan, which is going to be back on Access. You have, we are getting to the point, we, you and I said when we first started this show, or I shouldn't say when we first started the show, but when I first came onto the show, that we are getting into the golden age of the new golden age of wrestling where we have more available to us than any ever before. And we have more now <laughs> we have even more now and it's spaced out. You have wrestling literally on television every night of the week, barring Saturdays and Sundays, which, Hey, are scheduled for pay-per-views. Yeah. AEW likes to run their, their pay-per-views on Saturdays. Hey, WWE likes to run their pay-per-views on Sundays. Hey, takeovers are usually on Sundays. And then indie wrestling's on every fucking night of the week. Hell yeah. If you're man. a wrestling fan, be happy. And I'm gonna tell you right now, like I said, I'm taking Thursday and Friday off this week. Meaning I'll be watching Takeover and I'll be watching uh, AEW Wednesday night and then starting Thursday morning. After I get my COVID shot. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday morning. First, uh, first shot, 8 o'clock Thursday morning. Coming home. If I feel like shit from getting a shot, I don't care. I'm watching wrestling for the next 48 hours. Nice. Because anything that I can't watch, you'll notice there's a lot of stuff that's concurrently scheduled. A lot of stuff happening at the same time. 
So thankfully there's nothing usually on between eight o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. So I can try to space some of that in there. So I'm going to try to watch of that stuff. I mentioned, I'm going to try to watch as much of that as I can to come back with our next show and report back on it. I may be completely fried from going down the rabbit hole, but I'm going to try to get as much of this to you guys as you can. I'm going to live tweet as much of it as possible. I will be watching everything I can. If you want to jump in on the conversation, please do come join me on this conquest of madness. Uh, I do want to throw a couple of the matches out really quickly uh, that you're going to see some of the ones that I, I wasn't able to find full cards for all these shows. Um, some of them just aren't available. Um, I do want to throw out for the culture, AJ Gray, who I'm a big fan of versus JTG Two cold Scorpio versus Rich Swan. That's awesome. Leo Rush versus Lee Moriarty, a name that you should know by now. Nice. Um, Bloodsport's going to have Barnett versus Moxley. Sold right there. Um, you also have, uh, oh, the ECW thing I mentioned earlier. Um, you might want to sit up for this. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting up. There's going to be a name, an old school ECW name, that's actually going to be an active participant in a six-man tag match at one of these indie shows. It's fucking New Jack, isn't it? It's absolutely New Jack. <laughs> it's it's one thousand percent New Jack. Who's stupid fucking ass book fucking New Jack. It's, did they uh, not I watch did, Dark Side of the Ring, Life and is, Times, uh, and Life and Crimes, and New Jack? ICW No Holds Barred Volume Eleven. Then and now, eight p.m. on Thursday on IWTV. If you've got the app, you got it for free. Um, <laughs> on uh, the Action SUP uh, show. You got Violences Forever versus Finn Juice, the Impact Tag Team holders from wow. New Japan. Wow. That's a big get. Uh, you also have what might be my favorite matchup of the week, AJ Gray versus JD Drake. If you've watched Dark or you've watched Impact, or not, I keep saying Impact. If you've watched Dark or you've watched Dynamite lately, you've seen JD Drake here and there. I'm hoping that AEW signs him full-time because that dude is a beat-down fucking machine. Nice. He is, a, he is a Arn Anderson in a fatter body. I love the guy. <laughs> dude just dude goes hard. And him and AJ Gray should leave like teeth in the stands. Love it. Um some of the cards for spring break. Dickinson versus Janella. Ricky Shane Page versus Nick Gage for the title. Rich Swan versus Lee Moriarty. Leo Rush versus Jordan Oliver. All four of those are fantastic fucking matches. Yeah, they are. Um also of note. VXS Lucid Dream. I'm not really familiar with VXS. I'm not really sure what the name of that promotion is, but it's giving us Cage, Brian Cage versus Chris Dickinson. It's giving us Jack Evans versus Tony Deppen, AJ Gray versus Daniel Garcia, and Low Key versus Leo Rush. Whoa. That's a, a big one. Um, and I do also want to point out Effie's Big Gay Brunch is also going to have Perro's Twink Hunter Tag Team Gauntlet. Jesus which Christ. It's it's Effie. That's that's what you want from Effie. But that's not even getting into some of the entrance in the 16-man tournaments that are there. There's death matches to be had. If you like wrestling, there's something for you this week. You're free to go find it. All those uh, all the collective shows are available individually or collectively. See uh, what see you what did, did there. Uh, on you collected the collective. On, on fight.tv. And then all the showcase of the independent stuff is on the IWTV app for free. Well, it's free if you have a subscription to IWTV, which is 10 bucks a month. Come on. Nice. So 
and that's not counting mania that's not counting takeover that's not counting the fucking hall of fame ceremonies and shit like that if you buy into the hall of fame with great collie in it but whatever um <laughs> jesus i don't know if that's even worth <laughs> like kane hey, they- kane okay i get it and 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 i think we talked about already once before the whole thing with collie is like He's a trailblazer for another country, and I get that too. But He's a trailblazer. The kid blaze a trail down the ramp without <laughs> taking two hours. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But I, I, I just, um, it's just an think anomaly. If it, for, if, it, if it weren't for Great Kali, we would not have the Punjabi prison match. That's true. We wouldn't have Turley on the longest yard going, no, I don't have to stab you. Stop it. <laughs> don't remind me anymore. Shit. Yeah. Well, Buckles, yeah. I think that we've exhausted our brain power. I've exhausted my brain power. I'm about to go die for the next. <laughs> I am. I'm going on wrestlecation for the next four days. All right. Well, enjoy your wrestlecation, bro. I want to let folks know they can always check us out on all the different podcasting platforms. Get us on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Get us on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Like and comment below. I know I'm not putting in my 100% right now. I'm like barely on the screen. I'm melting into this couch. It's been a long motherfucking day, ladies and gentlemen. And we are getting prepped and ready for WrestleMania. Uh, But I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. Episode 102. WrestleMania. I have been Nate. At JIW on JIC, follow me down the rabbit hole over the next four days, folks. I am Buckles. I am exhausted. We'll see you guys on 103 after WrestleMania talk. Later. (laughs) Bye.